welcome to the Digital Marketing Success Stories podcast. I'm your host, West Kramer. I'm here with Haley Harrison, who is a friend of mine from law school, and she is not a digital marketer, but I saw her LinkedIn and she was having some unbelievable success that I wanted to pick her brain about. And the reason why I asked her to come on the show was because I don't think that digital marketing success stories need to only come from digital marketers. There are people who are a bit outside of the field who can utilize these technologies in really um, interesting ways to gain success. And I want to hear about those because, you know, for us digital marketers, it's really easy to get caught in our bubble. So, Haley, thank you so much for coming on the program. It's really nice to reconnect with you and uh, have you on my uh, little humble little podcast here. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me on. Um, I'm a recruiter. And so I work for Major Lindsay in Africa as a managing director. I recruit attorneys, paralegals, compliance people, contracts, professionals as well. And LinkedIn is really the lifeblood of recruiting um, these days. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, where like (laughs) it it gets together exactly, pardon me, your demographic. Like you wouldn't want to be looking through Pinterest or Etsy to try and recruit people, right? Like (laughs) exactly, exactly. So uh, right off the bat, I noticed you have something around uh, 22,000 followers on LinkedIn. Holy heck, I I would call you an influencer, but I wouldn't insult you. That would be such a terrible thing to say. Um, But I'm not quite sure I reached the level of, of influencer, but yeah, I have 22,000 uh, followers right now on LinkedIn and I just try to focus on growing it a little bit at a time. Wow. Uh, how did you, I, I mean, I guess the, you know, everybody gets that friends and family bump at first for maybe a couple hundred followers, but how did you, did you find that um, getting from maybe like that initial couple hundred to the uh, first 1500 was the biggest uh, heavy lifting you did or where did you find the hardest part? And then it did it kind of like start to come automatically and like the success fed on itself. Uh, That's a great point. Yeah, pretty much exactly that. Uh, At first it was a little harder. I reached out obviously friends and families and then a little broader. Um, I went to people I went, I knew from college and from law school. And then as I was going through recruiting candidates, I'd reach out to, I'd make a point to add them so they can see uh, my posts and my content from there. We'll get into that a little later, but most of my posts and content is focused around getting a job since that is a function of a recruiter. So that's where I can add value. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, just reaching out and, and trying to make that first intro saying hello to potential candidates or potential employers for candidates as well. And then other recruiters, people in the same industry as myself, because sometimes we want to, you know, shoot the breeze about how things are going or, you know, share tips on different ways you can find the right candidates or different markets you may not have considered for certain jobs. Yeah, that that um, that kind of shooting the breeze is some of the most valuable. Uh, I've gotten some of the most valuable tips out of that. Um, cause when somebody's successful at something, they, you know, most people aren't trying to hide their strategies. They're excited to share them with you, which is one of the reasons I, uh, decided to get this podcast going. Um, so you are growing this, you, it sounds like there were a couple of different strategies you employed. One sounds like an absolute grind, but there's nothing wrong with hard work. And I think a lot of people think like, oh, I can just put up X, Y, Z kind of post and all of a sudden I'll have 22,000. It sounds like you really worked and grinded this out and made a lot of 
personal one-on-one connections in order to grow this thing. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say making real friendships with people is a huge part of that. Otherwise, people can kind of tell when you have that a little bit more of a hollow, so to speak, following. It's You're just blatantly adding people with no no real need or connection or your posts don't have any real substance. You're just resharing with someone else. You're not going to get a high engagement from that. Um, forming actual relationships with people, uh, commenting on their posts in a substantive way, not just saying, oh yeah, great post, but hey, I like that you brought up this. What do you think of this aspect? Real substantive responses to others is a great way to build relationships as well as your own actual substantive posts as well. Let's dive into that a little bit. So for you, a substantive post, I assume, is going to be about the topic of uh, getting a job, right? Um, How do you determine what you're going to post and what do you think adds value to that subject? Sometimes it'll just occur to me. It'll be random ideas. I'm speaking to a candidate about a search and I'm looking at their resume and I notice they're making some mistakes on their resume. Um, There's nothing black and white, of course, with resumes. But there are some gray areas and some things people tend to do and and tend not to do that you can kind of advise them on. So certain things will pop out, you know, for example, um, people putting their full address on their resume these days. Not necessary and great way to get uh, your identity stolen, actually. So little tips to people such as, you know, don't include your full address um, and just making like a list of things or. Uh, other posts just related to interview tips, uh, they'll just kind of pop out in your daily work. Like, oh, I wish more people knew to do this. Hmm. And do you ever post something thinking like, yeah, this is it. This is going to get like, you know, that sweet spot, 500 likes, 10, you know, a thousand likes, something like that. And it just totally falls flat. And then in juxtaposition, do you ever post something thinking, oh, this is like a funny little lark. And then it gets huge. And you're like, oh man, this is very much so an art, not a science. Absolutely. Um, sometimes the posts where I show a little bit more of my personality and I'd like to think I'm a bit of a dry, sarcastic person, uh, they, they will pick up a little bit more momentum and speed than some others where I put some heart and soul into some really well-founded ideas and uh, then it went nowhere. Uh, sometimes it's a bit of a, a crapshoot, but there are, there are tips and tricks that I've noticed afterwards, which which can kind of help as well, um, such as playing into the algorithm. I may not have noticed that that witty post I had was actually at the right time of the day with enough people reaching out on the post within the first hour it was posted. Whereas the one I put my heart and soul into later, I realized I posted around three or four o'clock and not many people are on LinkedIn then. So it's a huge aspect of it as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it it goes to show how powerful these algorithms are in our lives. (laughs) Um, And uh, so when now that you have this uh, platform and all of these kind of virtual eyes on you, um, do you feel like uh, your engagement numbers are more than they used to be, less than they used to be? Is it kind of the same in terms of percentage or how have you found that now that you have a bit of a bigger audience? Well, I took some time away during the pandemic. Uh, I recently switched jobs. And so during that time, I didn't post as much. And because of that, currently, my, my numbers have been down. It's 
it's almost like going to the gym. It's a consistency as well as, you know, putting in that grind, you have to be consistent. And if mm-hmm. there's a period of time where you lack, you're going to see a dip. Um, I'm just starting to see things head back upwards again because I've started to be more consistent once again in my posting. Mm-hmm. So consistency and creating quality content sounds like the two biggest takeaways that you have, uh, the, that, that, uh, you found by building this huge following. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Now you, you've been a recruiter in two different fields. Do you think that people from, uh, one of the field, like in law and I think, um, pharmacists, if I'm not mistaken, um, do you do pharmacists and lawyers respond to different things and for attorneys um are they maybe a little bit more hesitant to engage with topics about finding another job because then their current job might see it or how does that play out well for your last part of your question uh, i find that's pretty much across the board it doesn't matter what industry you're in some people are just afraid to engage because they're afraid their employer's always looking um, and, and they're not always wrong. It depends on your employer and how big your company is. There's so many factors to that. Um, it's a concern that I totally understand. I'll get a lot of people privately messaging me something because they didn't want to respond in a public way. Wow. And even with that, uh, you're still at 22 K that's, that's really impressive. Uh, I'm, uh, very jealous of your engagement numbers and your, uh, total follower numbers as a digital marketer. Uh, who's always trying to grow for his clients. Uh, it can feel like a grind, but I think that just means I need to put in more time on those personal relationships and making uh, quality comments. So I, I appreciate that perspective, Haley. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and who you grow those relationships with mm-hmm. also is a big help as well. If it's somebody who perhaps doesn't use LinkedIn that much, um, you and sometimes you can tell just based on either the amount of followers they have or how complete their profile is. Um, Or if it's somebody who has a a giant engagement level, one of my good friends, um, Adam Karpiak is also a recruiter and he has a huge following as well. Um, You know, building those different relationships, one will help you more than the other, quite frankly. So you do want to also think strategically about who you build them with and not only just for engagement, also just in recruiting in general, it may behoove you more to make friends with the CEO than it would for just, you know, a certain employee at a company. It's the same concept. I can see where that makes a lot of sense. Now, having this perspective in your professional life, when you're, say, going through and putting up a Facebook or Instagram or whatever, just in your you know personal social media, whatever you're on, uh, is it kind of hard to turn that switch off and say, okay, this is like, you know, a picture of my grandma. I don't need to go to find the right hashtags for it. I just want to, you know, send this among friends and family. Or do you kind of have that like uh, uh, just automatically pop up in your mind? (laughs) So because of the industry I'm in, which is recruiting, right? I, there's no need for me to, there's certain topics I stay away from. Uh, I don't go into family uh, just because I, I find it's not always appropriate for LinkedIn. I oh no no no! Know. Sorry sorry. I, I I more meant like when you're uh, when you're then posting on your personal uh, social media, is it hard to turn off that switch where you know how to get big engagement numbers from LinkedIn? So when you're like switching to oh. your, yeah 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 sorry. no that that makes perfect sense. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, there's certain things I just won't do because in other aspects of my life, uh, having a higher engagement isn't what I'm looking for on, for example, Instagram and Facebook. I, I, I don't care for a higher engagement number. So I, I try to keep that part private. So I'm not going to do certain things like include hashtags, etc. because the people that I'm connected with can see what I've posted and that's all that I feel is necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so I want to circle back to a point you made earlier about, pardon me, uh, resumes being a bit more of an art than a science. Um, and you know, there's not one thing true, uh, but in general, you don't want to put your full address are there any trends in resumes that you see lately that are just like uh, blowing your mind in how they're maybe uh, inefficient and not working well for the job seeker? Sure. Um, there is one trend that is, I'll call it the bane of my existence. It's <laughs> instead of putting all of your relevant information under your job that you had and putting your job in reverse chronological order, uh, people will instead put together, I think they're calling them more of a skill-based resume. So they'll have what their different skills were. And maybe they'll include, if I'm lucky, where they did them at. But most of the time they don't. So they'll have like a list of different skills that they have. And then you have to, as on the other end, as a recruiter, try to figure out where they did what and when is most recent. So you feel like you're playing Blue's Clues or something, try to piecing together their, their life history. I'd say that's definitely one that uh, is I've seen out there. It seems to be a trend and I don't think it, it really helps the individual as much as they might think it has. Well, cause as a job seeker, you want to make the recruiters uh, job as confusing as possible, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, we get so many resumes a day that we're looking through. You want to make it, as easy as possible, as easily, as easy to mentally digest as possible as well. So that's why bullet points is more helpful than a paragraph. Because when your eyes are scanning the page, you're going to see the more important information quicker if it's in bullet points. It helps you mentally digest the information faster. Otherwise, you're just going to scan paragraphs at the rate you have to go through things. Uh, and you might miss important information. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I guess making it easier for the recruiter makes more sense than making it harder for the recruiter. Who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And are there any trends in resumes that you see that you're like, oh, wow, that's actually pretty cool uh, going forward? Or is it kind of like, well, it's tried and true for a reason? That's a good question. Um, I think a lot more people have started to catch on to including specific facts and accomplishments in their resumes instead of just a list of their duties under each job. Uh, It's great to know what you did in the job. It's better to know specific numbers and, for example, you know, how much money you were able to help the company bring in, what your sales numbers were, if it's a sales position, uh, those specific numbers and specific information. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a trend as much as the word has gotten out that that creates a stronger resume. And I love seeing that kind of information. It's so, it makes it so much easier later when the recruiter turns around and is telling the employer why this candidate is the best candidate, or even if you're not working with the recruiter for yourself later, why you need the 5k more when you're arguing for your compensation, when you can go back to the resume they've had in their hands since day one, speaking to you 
saying, well, look how much money I brought in at this company or look how many people I was able to, uh, you know, effectively uh, have leadership over or this is the percentage of change I was able to make at my last company. This is what I can do for you. You're able to, it gives more credence to your arguments on why you're the best candidate for the job and any other kind of necessary things you might need to do later. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it seems like uh, it's very much so in the self-interest of the uh, job seeker to do implement exactly that. <laughs> um, so going forward, uh, do you have any strategies in mind other than being more consistent and ramping as you know, society ramps back up again um, to uh, start getting your engagement numbers um, back up? And you know, I, I've, I went over a couple of your posts and you still have these blips, even if you aren't consistent of like, boom, 500 likes or whatever. So uh, for you, when you say that you aren't as consistent and aren't getting the numbers, I, I wanna make sure that's put in context for the listener. Um, but do you have any uh, uh, strategies that you're thinking of going forward that you're excited about implementing? Maybe uh, some new things you want to try. Uh, what's it? What's the future looking like for uh, Haley Harrison's um, LinkedIn strategies? Oh yeah. So I recently discovered um, it's an app that's free. It's called Postcron, mm-hmm. and I'm not somebody that's the greatest morning person. So uh, sometimes the best engagement times are 7 a.m. to post things. 7 to 8. And to have it already written out, I want to make sure it's proofread, looks great. Um, so I actually use this app where I can go ahead and pre-publish posts and then select what time I want them to come out. So in a perfect world, I can sit down uh, maybe over the weekend or at the beginning of the week and write most of the posts I plan on doing for the week and choose what times they're going to publish. And that is immensely helpful. I then remind myself, uh, I have a calendar reminder set up that you know, this post is going to go out so I can go back and make sure I'm interacting with those that have commented on it, which is always really important. Um, and a weird trick I've found sometimes if you go back and click edit to your post and make some change, it's almost like it refreshes it out there. So that is helpful as well within the first day. Um, but that way you can make sure that within that golden hour, the first hour that your post is published, you're doing everything you can to increase the algorithm how many people are able to see it. So commenting back on, on people's uh, comments on your posts, thanking people for liking it. Sometimes if you tag somebody in that comment back, like, thanks, Adam, that was a great point. You know, I, I think this about that issue, that'll also increase it because then other people will see so-and-so was tagged in your post. So you're just continuing to force the al- algorithm to increase the radius of people that are seeing it or the reach of people that are seeing it. Wow. Haley, these are uh, fantastic tips and tricks for our audience. I'm really grateful for you coming on and sharing your success. Um, I think you are such a great example of why um, digital marketers need to not think of themselves as like the Holy grail for information because folks like you are able to uh, have some great success in the digital sphere um, and, you know, just by trial and error, figuring it out, adding value to their, their, um, you know, the people that they're aiming for and, you know, really killing it. And, you know, you don't have to be a digital marketer. And that's one of the things I love about, um, this genre of the, of, you know, the profession is, uh, is that someone like you who is, you know, just good at it, uh, cause you figured it out, can't, has a lot to add. So, 
Um, thank you for adding uh, uh, all of your uh, tips and tricks and uh, skill set to this podcast. I'm so grateful for uh, you coming on, Haley. Thank you so much. Thank you. And if anybody listening wants to go ahead and reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn, feel free to do so. It's linkedin.com slash lawjobs. Heck yeah. Go for it if you're looking for a law job or if you want to understand how a recruiter kicks butt online. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Digital Marketing Success Podcast. Haley, thank you so much for being on. You're a fantastic guest and uh, you're welcome back anytime if you have a new strategy that you want to share, my friend. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Digital Marketing Success Stories podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave us a review, subscribe, like, follow on social, all that good stuff. Really appreciate it. It helps the channel grow a lot.